welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I'm Farah, your host. And as always, thank you so much for being here. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in, listening, and really being able to share along in this journey of self-discovery as we all walk each other home right? So this podcast was designed as an opportunity for us to be able to talk about things that are really going on in my life and things and tools that I've utilized throughout my years to be able to gain a deeper understanding of myself, a mind, body, and spirit. I pull from my degree in psychology, from spiritual texts, um, from multiple yoga teacher trainings, teachers that I've learned from, as well as really just life and all the opportunities that it provides us for growth and to be able to hopefully be able to evolve in our own personal journey. And I want to be able to pull you in, to be able to share, to be honest, to be authentic, to be able to really allow my voice to be heard and my experiences and how I've integrated a lot of these life lessons to be able to show up more fully, more, um, you know, lovingly and um, to be able to hopefully connect on a deeper level because of it. And um, today's episode is in alignment with that. And I wanted to talk about... Oh, I know. I <laughs> Every time I go into one of these sessions, I'm like, this sounds so awful. But I promise you, I will make it light and fun in p- parts of it just because that's who I am. And there's always going to be a little bit of sugar and spice to, um, to accompany anything that I talk about. Um, but I'm going to talk about heartbreak um, because it's shaped so much of who I am and has really um, molded how I in, like engage with people. And I recognize kind of the lessons I've learned along the way. And I think it's really easy for us to ignore heartbreak, to act like it never happened, to be able to shun it um, (laughs) under the rug and to be able to say like, I don't want to ever think about that again. It was terrible. I don't, or I've never want to like, I never want to experience that again. And I think that that's honestly what I've ran up against the most. I love so much. Like I can love fully for like, and I think that heartbreak can come in a lot of different ways. I'm going to be talking about it romantically, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to think about it when it comes to um partnerships, friendships, family members, like I think we can find heartbreak. um, Because ultimately, it's just when we extend love towards someone, and then it's, you know, it concludes, right? That we and I, I personally say, if I've ever loved someone truly, I'll never not love them. And that's just because I sadly don't let and I think that's what I'm coming to terms with now is I don't let a lot of people truly into my heart. I'm very I'm stingy with my love, Beyonce, shout out Beyonce. Um, and I am, and I am very intentional about who I pull into my circle, who I let see me fully, um, and to pull into that tighter kind of network, um, and like, um, group of people within my life that I, cause once I love you, I'm like, I love you. You know, like I'll think about you. I'll send you little text messages. My friends always laugh because I'll send them random text messages and be like, I love you. Or I'm thinking about you. Or I hope you're having a really good day. And, um, it is, it's truly because they're part of my heart now. And, um, I don't, I really, once I love, I just, I don't know how to not pour into someone, you know? And I think that, and thankfully I'm at a point now where I come from an overabundance of love, like it is flowing through me. So I'm able to share that. I think even for large portions of my life, I didn't know I, if that was how I got validation was to love someone else. And because of the love that I gave them, I felt like I deserved and needed love back from them. And Um, that obviously doesn't always work out. We can love someone and they don't love us back. And that is just life. And I think that I've learned a lot over the years as I've navigated this and I, I haven't been in love much. And actually, if I think that one, um, if you've ever read about your three great loves, I think it's a really great book to read. Um, just because it kind of talks about the different, um, notions and kind of the intention behind each great love. And, I would also like to share, like, I'll share what those are are for me and how they've shown up. Um, I would say I probably only have had two really great loves of my life um, so far, and you're supposed to have three. So God willing, I'll have the third one at some point in my life. Um, But that um, also, I think that to have heartbreak, to be able to um, 
to feel pain. And I, you know, some, um, one of my favorite Macklemore quotes, I learned more from the loss than the gain. And it's a good reminder that sometimes when we lose something, we actually almost recognize it and appreciate it a lot more than when we had it, because I think then we recognize the qualities and the things that were special about it, even if there was faults, right? Or even if there were flaws. And I think so much, it's easier, you know, 2020 hindsight, life is always that way of like, oh, I wish I would have known that net then because then maybe I would have acted differently or said something differently. And it is what it is. But it's, I think, important to always reflect, to always be able to, you know, not necessarily ruminate, but to be able to think about it, to consider it, and to be able to integrate it as you move forward. Not everything is going to work out peachy cane things are going to sometimes fall apart and opportunities are to be able to rebuild but in a stronger more um holistic way so that you're able to love more unconditionally and i know that's so hard and people always say like love unconditionally and it's like that's a really hard thing to do and it's really not that common in the world like people say oh un love unconditionally but sometimes we have preconceived notions within our head of what is required for the other person for us to love them back. Um, what love means, what it means to be loved. Also thinking about like what your love language is. Like someone might have, you know, words of affirmation as their love language. Well, another person's gifts, and that's going to be not necessarily the same. One person can give you an extravagant gift, but then the other person's like, well, I just wanted you to tell me that you care about me and that you love me and that I'm important to you. I don't need a gift. And sometimes that might seem superficial to one person while the other person feels like if I, they don't get a gift, then it's like, you don't think of me, you don't care about me. So knowing your love language, first and foremost, I think is really important in order to love someone the way they need to be loved. And um, I think that doing so, especially as you're navigating a relationship and getting to know someone more deeply, um, can be a great opportunity to be able to recognize, okay, how do they want me to show up and how should I show up for them? And also to be aware of like, articulating your needs and what you want from that person. And um, that gives you, again, an opportunity to solidify the relationship, to be able to know someone on a deeper level, and also for you to be able to show up for them in the way that they really need and want you to. And that if that matches up, it matches up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I do think being having an awareness around these things is like a great opportunity for you to be able to um, prevent hopefully some heartbreak, um, even though it's inevitable at some points in our life. Um, but again, it can be a way for you to be able to strengthen connection for you to be able to love someone on a deeper, fuller level. And hopefully, and what I truly love about love is this connection piece, right? To get to know someone on a deeper level, to be able to see a part of them and the vulnerability that exists within them um, in this kind of non-judgmental safe container. And I think that that's the beauty of it. And I think that that's really where I try to show up for anyone within my life is to be able to be that safe, non-judgmental container, but at the same time for me to really feel comfortable to be that same way with that, that person. Um, it takes time and layers and trust ultimately and um, trust can be broken it can be rebuilt and there can be so many different opportunities for us to learn things about ourselves. and I, I truly believe that relationships are a reflection of where we are within our lives personally and so you're going to attract partners and people within your life that are reflections of how you truly are showing up for yourself and also what maybe you need to work on I don't think that every person is meant to be in your life forever I think that people have as my mom was just telling me a, a reason a season and a lifetime and I know it sounds kind of cheesy but I think there's so much truth to that 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 there are people in life that are meant to teach you a lesson or were there because of proximity or maybe just a time or an, an era of your life while others are meant to be there forever. And no matter what occurs, and even if you have falling outs, there's going to be opportunities for you to reconnect and rejoin in on each other's life because that is a true lifetime friendship or relationship or whatever it is. And I think even relationships, um, you know, I'll, start talking. So my first, um, one of the people that I really just loved, um, it was like my first boyfriend. Um, I, uh, this is like sixth grade, which seems so silly now, but like, you know, it was one of those things where we grew up together. Um, you know, we would listen to, <laughs> this is such a throwback. Um, we would listen to, remember like, it was like that request, um, it wasn't TRL, but it was like, it was like that late night music channel where you could like call in and request certain music videos and you can watch them or you could just like watch whatever came up. Um, and, uh, I used to listen to that with him or I used to watch that with him like all night. We'd talk on the phone, landline, 
mind you, on the landline all night in his phone. I remember his mom would always get mad or his parents would get mad because we'd be on the phone or his sister would want to talk on the phone and they would answer and they're like, Aaron, get off the phone. Um, and then we would talk and we were just really good friends. And I think that that's almost uh, was kind of this set, setting the stage for kind of how I approach relationships after that, because I really just loved being around him. You know, I loved talking to him. I loved, it was just like, he was super funny. We would talk about everything and anything. Um, we just had this real, um, a deep, strong connection, you know, straight out the gate. And this is when we were young and he, I was also like such a nerdy kid. And at this point, like I still wore glasses, like I'm real awkward. And, um, I remember him always saying like, you're so beautiful. And it was like probably one of the first guys that ever told me I was beautiful. Brian Coyne too. Thanks. Shout out Brian Coyne. I've known him since I was really young. And he was like, you're gonna be super hot. When you're older. It's like, and I remember thinking it was so weird. And I was like, eh, yeah, right. Like, eh. and, um, <laughs> and I had to say like, I do, I love myself. Am I the most beautiful person in the room? No, never. But like, I do, I do love my unique look now. And I think that at that point I felt so awkward and uncomfortable in my skin, um, to receive that kind of, um, admiration was really nice. And I don't think I had ever received it. And the fact that I even still remember that so clearly shows how much of an impact it made on me. But, um, so yeah, and, and Brian and I were always really good friends too. But, um, so then, uh, so Aaron and I, but crazy thing. So Aaron, so I had a best friend, um, Morgan and we, um, both liked him. So then I really liked him and, but we were like really good friends. We just would talk all the time and I was really shy, was super shy as a kid. And so then he, so then he, Morgan and was like she was older she had like dated a few guys and stuff and so she was like all for it and was like I really like you and was like really open about it and like what's you know talk about like you know things you wanted to do and all this stuff and I was like mortified so I was like I don't even know what that means and like I was so uncomfortable with it and I was like so insecure and I was like he's never gonna like me does not like me and we write notes to each other all the time anyways um this is like so like middle school and it was truly like that true middle school love and if you've had one you know exactly what it is and you know like you never ever kiss like you like maybe held hands like all the things and so um and Aaron, I just, I just really loved him. You know, I really cared about him, but then ultimately he ended up um, dating my girlfriend. So he, um, it, we like said, like you had to choose because like we would all hang out together. So awkward now looking back on this, this is so inappropriate. Please don't ever, like if you're, yeah, why, why? But we would all hang out together, all the things. And so then he chose Morgan and I remember him writing me a letter, a note, of course, from class that he'd like draw an art project on the top and like write this letter. And I loved his like font and the way he wrote. Anyways, weird things I remember. But he, um, he wrote in all caps. And so he was like, I really like you, but I don't know if you really like me. And I feel like you're super shy. And I don't know if that's really what you want. And Morgan's just more forward and kind of telling me what she wants. And so I think I'm going to date her. But like, I hope you know how much I care about you. And I remember like being heartbroken, like absolutely heartbroken. I remember I cried and I was like so upset and we remained friends, but I, ne we ne so we never ended up dating. And so then he dated her and then started dating a few other girls, but we always stayed in touch because like we sincerely like loved each other. So like I would, we would always like, we went to school together from like elementary on. So like we would go to like, we'd still hang out in class. We'd always talk. He had a few different girlfriends. And he always dated beautiful girls. Um, and he's super artistic and I just loved him. And he actually since has passed and, um, funny enough, I, I not funny, but I, uh, ran into his um, ex-wife and their daughter and I like saw her and she looks so much like his ex-wife and, um, and him. And I just like instantly her. I was like, I just, I hadn't seen her and she's older. She's in high school now. And um, she's so sweet and so beautiful. And, um, anyways, and I've ran into his family, his family, I'm still, you know, know them and I've stayed in touch with them. And, um, I, I don't think I recognized how, how much I cared about him until he was gone. And, um, and he actually, every time I've met with him too, like, you know, when you lose someone and so we were always so close. So we stayed friends until college and we would talk on the phone all the time. We'd still touch base and he would always share everything with me, you know, like we knew so much about each other's lives and our families and our dynamics and our deepest insecurities and our worries and our stresses. And like, we would just like anything I could literally tell him anything and trust him hundred percent. I know he felt the same about me and um, would often, I think I was that person for him for a really long time to where I was probably the, one of the few people he felt super, super safe to be with and be with and just to share with what he was feeling. Um, and 
I think we always cared about each other more than we were ever able to admit. But the lesson that I feel like I, I kind of took from that as a child was that never compete because you'll lose. Never compete for men. Because if you do try to compete for men, they're going to pick the other girl. Oh, stabbed to the fucking heart. Am I right? And so, but I don't know if I reckon, but then there's, that was a lesson I took from it. And I feel like then applied later, but in actuality, I think now looking back on it, 2020 hindsight, hindsight is the lesson I could have learned is tell them how you really feel and you'll be the one they choose. But instead it was retract. Don't show how you feel. Or like, don't compete. Don't try to shoot for someone when someone else likes them because you won't be the one that they choose. But in actuality, if I would have been more vocal about how I really felt about him, it would have been me. And I think honestly, we would have probably dated for a long time and probably would have been together for a really long time if we would have gone down that road. And I, that was like one of the few regrets I have in life. And, um, yeah, and I, I actually, so he passed and, um, years ago and uh i've had intuitive so i've met with intuitives mediums all the things and every single time he comes through and um he always will say something along the lines of i really cared about you so much more than i ever told you i hope you know that and um that i could have been the one you know i could have been your first love and your life would have been differently after that and i think it would have been because i think it would have been established in this idea of friendship and intimacy that was like not based off of sexuality but in like a sexual sense but very much like this like friendship sense and um and yeah you live and you learn right so i but then the next guy that i dated after that was older was very like alpha male like kind of that player like but was super forward and so went after me hard like saw me wanted me went for me kind of thing and um i think then that's where i established this idea of like oh this is what men are supposed to do they're supposed to pursue you but he was also kind of a dog and you know who you are if you were reading or listening to this (laughs) and anyone that knows i did him through most of high school and um on and off and we actually ended up then eventually becoming really good friends but he played me so many times and i know i heard him first i did um but i had a really hard time. So after that, there was always this cat and mouse game, this like little coy, like you come like visit me. I'm not going to talk to you. Like you text me back. I'm not going to text you. Always the game. Right. And I think that's what he was used to because that's what he had done with other women or other girls. And, um, but we like hung out the same groups. We would always be around each other. I always ended up making out. Like it was always a thing. And, um, but I think I got, I got, I remember full disclosure. I, um, so we are kind of in an on and off for a while. And again, at that point, I was like, don't compete because you'll lose. So I was like, I'm not going to compete for him. But if he pursues me, I'll receive him kind of thing. And um, this is like the most heart-wrenching thing that happened to me in high school. But um, uh, a few other things with friends. But I obviously cared about him. And I had gone over and we had all been drinking, I think. And I walked in on him having sex with another girl. Oh at my friend's house. It was at my friend's house. And he was hooking up with, I think they're having sex. They were hooking up nonetheless. I don't know exactly what was going on. I walked in, I saw him. I was like, holy fucking shit. Turned around, walked back out and like, oh, like, and I was like, never again. I will never, I'll never like pursue him again. I, I, I was just so betrayed. And I didn't know what to do about it. And I, um, and I think I was trying to like win him back in a way at that time, or like, we were like still in like our silliness that we would always be in, but he would never really tell me how he felt. And he never would really commit. I don't think he really committed for a really long time after that. And he always had trouble with that. He was an Aries, like triple Aries. And so he was just like, he was a player. That's just like how he rolled. And he was really good at it. He had a lot of girls who pursued him. He could like pretty much get anyone he wanted. And he was really confident. And fucking hilarious so there was good things but um but yeah so then I was just like so crushed and I remember he left and he saw me and he knew and I think he knew he made a mistake and he felt bad and I like was walking out and I was like hey and he looked at me and he was like what and I was like and I remember it was like the first time in my life where I couldn't speak have you ever had that happen to you where you like 
it's like literally you want to say something but like your throat is literally like blocked like now i know about chakras like my throat chakra was blocked and i was like i just couldn't tell him that i really cared about like i could not get it out and i um and i remember he just shaking his head and walking away and he was like bye and um and then after that we like cut off any kind of romantic connection and um stayed really good friends and um I think we always still really cared about each other though. That was again. So then the lesson from that was like, don't ever tell someone how you really feel about them because if it's not reciprocated, it's going to devastate you kind of thing. And so then I was like, always act too cool. Always act like you don't care. Always like be the first to move on. Like, don't let it get to you. Like what it, it is, what it is like, no big deal. I'm unfazed is kind of like what I learned from that. What the fuck, fair? Worst lesson ever, okay? Do not listen to this. This is definitely not good. Um, but that was what I took from that. And so I, I think the lesson I could have learned in this circumstance was to show him, again, repeating theme here, show him how I really cared about him. Tell him that I really did like him, that I really did want to be with him, and that I was sorry for what I did initially because I kind of dogged him at first. It was unintentional. I'd been drinking too much. and was like, hit on his best friend in front of him. Why did I do that? I don't know. So I think that at that point, I was just like, my bad, you know, but then I'd hurt him too badly. He couldn't come back from it. And we stayed good friends. And actually, after that point, I like, just loved being around him so much. We had great chemistry. And so like, we just stayed in touch. And so like, I would go and visit him, he would visit me, I'd go over his house, and, like literally, completely platonically, like hang out for weekends at a time. Um, I was friends with all of his friends. They were friends of mine. So like, we would just, and like, until I got with my ex-husband, we still hung out all of the time, like straight up. Like, and like, honestly, he was one of my best friends. Like if it was my birthday, he'd be the first person to show up. He'd be there. Like we would like always, like, I would call him anytime I was in town. Like his first person, I literally sometimes wouldn't even go to my dad's house first. I'd go to his house first and hang out and like, go do something with them. And like, it was just, he was my, he was my buddy. And, um, and I, I miss him dearly, I think, because of that. Um, what I could have ultimately learned from that high school relationship, essentially, is um, to kind of put yourself out there sometimes, to, like, be willing. And I think at that point, I was, like, dating lots of different guys and um, was never really, like, it was so much more about, like, who pursued me versus who I wanted to pursue. And I just would receive it instead of actually, like, willingly and openly go after what I wanted because I was scared of rejection ultimately aren't we all like being rejected is one of my deepest darkest fears like to put myself out there and to not be received is absolutely fucking terrifying to me and it always has been and um you know and I've also had these experiences that I've then allowed to be the reasoning and the like solid um like solidifying why i believe what i believe if i do these things i'll be rejected if i put myself out there they won't really care about me if i tell them that i like them they're going to feel like they've already won me over and they're going to move on like there is like a reiteration of these unreally unhealthy thought patterns that have like been constant throughout my life and um, i'm unprogramming so many of those right now and i but i have to recognize them first we have to recognize the agreements that we've made with ourselves when and what experiences then formed those agreements to be able to break them down and to be able to form new ones. And I'm really like leaning into that, especially because of me, like I'm actually trying to date again right now. And so like, it's been a little difficult and I, but I'm like, rec I want to come from a more conscious place. I want to approach it from a more willingness to be open and to receive and also to give in this equal exchange and to be open hearted. And that, can't be done if I'm not aware of my unconscious programming that's prevented me from really being who I am and how I can show up for others. And also, why do I show up the way that I do? And what are the things holding me back from genuine and authentic connection? So I think that those, again, those were like formative years for me because that's how I set the stage for relationships going forward. And so then my next relationship, which was like my first love, I would probably say, um, was a gentleman, he was a lot older than me. Um, and I, we met, we met through actually my, um, my first boy, my first boyfriend, um, the one that didn't end up choosing me, but I, that was his best friend, but older friend. And, um, so we, I'd gone over to a party with them and, and at medium and we had Rolling Tones chemistry show at the gate. And so, um, we, 
think end up kissing or something like that. And then um, after that, I stayed in touch with him and gave him my number and we kept hanging out. And um, he ultimately was who I lost my virginity to, who I like dated, was my first serious boyfriend. We were together for like two years. Um, and, but we had a real interesting relationship because of the power dynamic of him being older. He's already been with a few girls, cheated on me quite a few times. Um, we just were really toxic to be perfectly honest. It was not a healthy relationship. And I don't know if that was on both of our parts. I didn't, I'd never been in a relationship before. I didn't know what it meant to be in a healthy relationship. He had, you know, kind of had these patterns that I think that he brought into our relationship dynamic that, um, allowed him to feel like he was in control, but also like, I think he was just really flabbergasted by how willing I was to love him. Cause I think at that point I was always very authentic. I was always very much myself. And at that point, I like knew he cared about me and I cared about him so much. And like, I also lost my journey to him. So then I was just like pouring into him in this like very uncensored, unfiltered, like, I love you. I want to be with you forever. And I think he really appreciated that. And I think that it kind of threw him for a loop. And I think he really felt the same way. We talked about marriage. We talked that we we're going to be together forever, like as we do. Right. And so like, it's all the things and, um, then we, so he was a few years older than me. And then I went to college and, um, he was already older, would have like, I don't think he ended up going, I don't think he went to college, but, um, no, he didn't, but he was older, but he would have already graduated. He was like four or five years older than me. And so then he, um, I was in college and then he, um, we, we ended up, we started fighting a lot. And, um, I think that I didn't really want to be with him anymore. I felt like he was holding me back. He was kind of possessive and, I also just like didn't know how to be in a relationship. I've started feeling insecure about different things. Like I like gave him everything. Like I kind of like cut uh, everyone from my life. Like if he didn't like my friends, I just stopped talking to him. Uh, like if he didn't, like I hung out with him and his friends because he was like older and cool and like all the things. So like we would just do whatever he wanted to. We spent a lot of time at home, a lot of secluded time. And it was like, it was just really dysfunctional to say the least. And um, we ended up, so we ended up breaking up. Actually, I think I broke up with him and, um, but I didn't think we were really going to break up. And then he cut me off, like severed it, like hardcore. He was like, it's for the best. We should just stop talking. And I was like, what? Like, I literally talk to you every day. We just say, I love you. Like, what do you mean? We're not talking anymore. And he was like, I think it's best. Like, let's get together after you graduate. Essentially, like, let's wait a couple of years and then we'll be back together. And he strung me along for very a very long time after that and i it was really hard for me to move on and but i also like lost my cookies like lost my cookies like i'm not saying like when i say lost my cookies i mean like i lost my cookies like i was acting crazy i like could not handle it i like and i'm kind of a control freak so it was like oh it like literally felt like my heart was ripped out of my chest all my friends were concerned about me i lost drastic amounts of weight i started drinking heavily i was like i was on a rampage like i was not in a good space thankfully actually the one friend that um the guy that i dated before who was really one of my good friends was really there for me actually during that time and like in like a very platonic loving way and like would just like you know if i ever needed him or if i was ever sad he'd be like come over come hang out like don't be sad come over here and i'm like okay and so i um and he was really he was so sweet you know and so i you know i'm really fortunate that a lot of these people i've stayed in touch with i did not stay in touch with my ex though my first ex um he actually ended up dating a girl almost immediately after we broke up and is not married to her so nothing but love for you guys nothing for blessings and my bad about being a little crazy there at the end. Um, but I really like, I was just so heartbroken. And like, that was my first true heartbreak. Like I felt like my heart was pulled from my chest and got stomped on the ground. And it was like the most gut-wrenching, just like horrible thing. I remember I couldn't watch like romantic movies because I would just start sobbing. Like I felt like everyone was like, the devil. I was like, men are devils. No one, they, they never will tell the truth. They're all liars. He cheated on me quite a few times too. So I was just like, like, you can never trust them. They'll never really love you. They say they do, but they don't like, like romantic comedies are bullshit. Like men never really that like genuine. Like I was so, I, I was so anti-love for a very long time. <laughs> and then at that point, the lesson I learned, the agreement I made was never really love someone because they'll break your heart. Isn't that so sad? And I think a lot of people do that, right? A lot of people learn that lesson 
don't open your heart because you'll get broken. Like get my confidence back, focused on school, just did a bunch of stuff. And I, I would have to say that what I remember afterwards was like, but I, I remember being so scared to love again after that because of the fact that I was so heartbroken and it damaged me and just wrecked me so badly that I was like, I don't think I can ever really love anyone ever again, unless I'm absolutely fucking positive that they're going to like cherish the ground I fucking walk on and love me like wholeheartedly and fully without like, and there's like absolutely no way they would ever leave me because I don't think I could do that again. I was like really scared about it. And funny enough, I actually ended up starting to date my ex-husband right after that. And so we dated for a few months, but I was like, Hey, I'm so like broken right now. Like I'm not in a good space, but we were really good friends. I've known him my whole life. Um, and I trusted him and I knew he really loved me for me, you know, like we were very authentic and truth around each other. And so, but he would make me laugh. And that's why I was like, so grateful for him. Um, and so we would always hang out and chat and like, we would always go out together and all the things. And so we dated for a little bit and I was like, I'm just not in a good space to like really be in a relationship with anyone, especially long distance. And so he, um, so I broke it off with him, which devastated him. And so, and I remember he was so mad at me. And, um, so but I was like, let's just wait a couple of years. So literally what was done to me, I did to him. And I was like, let's just wait till we graduate and then we can be together. And, um, and so, you know, life happened. We stayed in touch. I still was close with him. I'm totally cut off the ex at that point. Wasn't speaking to him in, in, at all. He would still reach out to me every once in a while, but we weren't really speaking. And um, and then, so right after college, I was like, I'm going to marry Kyle. I was like, I'm going to marry Kyle. We're going to be together forever. And like, I was already, I'd already said it in stone. I was like, this is what's going to happen. And it was because I, I don't, I'm also, I, I am a little psychic. So like, I do usually have this knowing within me when I think something's going to occur. Um, but I also really felt that that was what was destined for us. And so we started dating right after college. Um, I found out he was actually dating another girl. My bad, I didn't know that. Um, but he was like, I thought you were just friends. And I was like, no, obviously I like you. I talk to you every day. I want to hang out with you every day. Like, why don't you want to be doing that? He was like, I don't know. We've always talked a lot. And so I was like, whatever. So I was like, you need to stop talking to all these other girls. Pay attention to me. And like, I'll be with you and I'll be with you forever. And I remember I just said that so willingly. And he was like, okay. And we did. And literally from that point forward, we were together for 12 years. And, um, we are best friends. We used to fight a lot when we first started dating. Um, but I was also my insecurities, his insecurities. We we're just learning each other. I was like, we were kind of on and off for like a couple of years. And then we um, got locked and loaded. I started doing a lot more yoga. I started healing. I started working on myself. And then he started working on himself too. And we got in a really healthy place together. And I was really grateful for that because he understood what I was going through. He understood what I was experiencing spiritually. And I understood where he was at. And we were able to really help usher each other through that process as we moved forward. And it was a blessing, such a fucking blessing. Like I'm so grateful. I wouldn't change anything that occurred within us at all. And I, um, really like we grew together. We got married after six years. We were in such an, like an incredible position and space within each other and within our lives. And we were growing together, evolving. And I remember we always said like, we will always work because we'll never compromise. We'll or no, we'll not, we'll definitely compromise. We'll compromise a lot, um, but we'll never be complacent within our relationship and we'll never be complacent within ourselves. And that we'll always, but we both knew we had to be the best versions of ourselves in order for us to work because we are both spitfires. We are both very powerful, driven people, very passionate people. And so like, if we like collide, it is an explosion. So like, we got to be on parallels with one another. We got to be supporting each other. We got to be partners with one another. Um, but you know, being together with someone for 12 years is a long amount of time and you grow together, but you inevitably do change as individuals. Um, no matter what, you know, our, all of the cells within our bodies regenerate every seven years. And um, I think the real heartbreak for us was when I recognized we had grown apart and I knew that we had, and I couldn't imagine my life without him. And, um, I ignored it for a really long time because I just, or I tried to avoid the conversations and then I would have them, but then he would avoid them. I think we both knew and um, we had grown apart and we just were two different people at that point in our lives. But you know, you create a life with someone that is like your person and I never envisioned my life any other way. So I didn't even know how to even move forward. And it, it, um, 
But I think that my heartbreak occurred over a period of time of me coming to terms with the fact that we weren't good for each other anymore. And I um, was trying to make it work. I was trying to fix it. I was trying to like force it into like being okay, but you can't do that alone. It takes two people to do that. And, um, and then when we broke up and we ultimately got divorced, I, it was like the most challenging thing I've ever gone through my entire life. And you also incorporate a daughter into that. And um, it wasn't easy, to say the least. Um, But it was necessary. But I think at that point, I'd learned all these lessons leading up to it. So I was like, you know, I had (laughs) tried to not really tell him how I felt. He pursued me hardcore, so I didn't have to compete. Um, But then he, I, and I wouldn't even tell him really how much I liked him. He was like, he was just so open and willing to share with me how much he loved me that I just like, I couldn't say no. <laughs> and, um, and he like was the one that was like, we're going to date. And I was like, all right, fine. I really like, I don't really like commitment, but sure. Um, and so we did. And then, um, and then ultimately I remember like, you know, probably about three or four years. And I finally, I remember I was like, I'm going to open my heart. And this is what I was going through yoga trainings, doing a lot of self-study. I was like, I'm going to love you fully. And I'm going to open my heart completely to you. And it was so beautiful. It was like one of the most magical things I've ever experienced in my life to be able to create a life with someone, to be open-hearted with someone and for us to be together, a full, a unit that we became, we, you know, and instead of just individuals, we became something that was, um, a partnership, a true partnership, and one of the most beautiful relationships I've ever been in my entire life. And I'll never regret it. Um, but again, like I said, the heartbreak occurred for me when I recognized that we weren't that anymore and that we um, were going apart. And ultimately, I knew I had to go. And, um, and, but that point I was like, I don't want to break the way I broke before. <laughs> so I'm going to clean it. It's going to be clean. It's going to be easy. It's going to be efficient. <laughs> I'm crazy. And I was like, this is going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Everything's going to be normal. We just got to get through this and I'm going to be kind. Like we're just going to work through it. We're going to be friends. Like it's all going to be good. We're going to be good. And obviously I'm only one person. I cannot control that. And he was devastated as he should have been, you know, and, and we still will. I'll forever love him. I will forever love him. And, um, and he'll always hold a piece of my heart just as all of these men have ultimately. And, um, and yeah. And so we, that was a few years ago. Um, and so even during that, I was intentionally single for like literally straight up a year and a half. Like I was like celibate, like I am not dating anyone. I'm not trying to even date anybody for a long time. Like I am just here. I'm just going to heal. I'm going to work through my own shit. Like I just got to, I have some space. I've been in a partnership for 12 years. I've been married. I've been living with someone for this amount of time. I've given everything to all of these people. I just need to like take some back for myself for a little bit and just like really just be in my own zone and, and my own heart and to like rebuild, rebuild my life truly. And so I spent a lot of time doing that and very intentional about it. And ultimately I've come back into the dating scene and I've recognized all of these agreements and lessons I've learned over the years, but that have actually hindered me from having true connection. And, you know, each time I think I'm evolving, I think I'm becoming better And so much of like, I was like, okay, next relationship, I'm going to have balance. I'm going to recognize the red flags. I'm going to like be clear about what I want. I'm going to hold my boundaries. I'm going to be like concrete in who I am and how I'm showing up for the other person. And if you don't have all the things that I want, then bye, boy, bye. Like, trust me, sorry to anyone that this has happened to. I've ghosted more people than I care to admit. And I've, (laughs) my guys had great connections with guys and been like juices and like, no qualms with it and we moved on. And it's so heartbreaking because, you know, people invest in you, people care about you. And then you just like discard them and it's hurtful. And I feel bad about that. And I'm recognizing I've almost been too harsh with my boundaries. Like I felt like I had none. And then I was just like, fuck everybody for a while. And then now it's like, okay, there could be balance. There's ways to find the balance within it all. And I think now what I'm doing is kind of uncovering how I can actually be 
like what are the archetypes that I've learned and like the guys I'm almost attracted to because of hurt and pain? And why am I actually pursuing certain men that aren't emotionally available or that do just say what I want to, or all are that super attractive guy that's really charming and like good looking, but also doesn't really want anything more like and like, and that is closed off and probably playing like games. And it's like, why does that feel so comfortable and easy for me? Why does that feel like more of what I'm used to than someone who's pure hearted and that just like cares about me and honestly wants the best for me and respects me? Like, why is that what I then push away if I, and then usher in these people that don't really give a damn, you know? And I, I'm having to get real about all of those things. And I think for you too, listening into this, like really reflecting on like, what, what are the lessons you've learned within your life, within the loves that you've had? What are the moments of growth? And what was the thing that triggered you the most? What was the most hurtful like piece of whatever that relationship was? What really tore you down? What devastated you? Like, what was that thing where you were like, I can't believe this is actually what transcended from this relationship? Like, pulling, I know it's difficult, but like pulling those things out to the surface and then being able to reframe them to be able to say, okay, obviously this was painful. Obviously this was hard for me. But then like, if I were to shift perspectives, if I were to look at it from this angle, instead of this angle, how could I actually become more loving from it? How can, instead of shutting myself down, how can I open up even further from that? How can I actually be able to show up and be more compassionate to someone else that might have gone through the same thing or maybe has experienced something similar or maybe so that I don't do that to this person, right? Like, how can I become better because of the pain and the hurt that I've endured? And I think that I'm at that point now to be like, how can this come full full 360 for me? How can, no matter what someone else does, so the things I'm working on now, yeah, one is to be really open-hearted and to, to show up and to express how I feel about someone. So these are all coming through the life lessons I've learned. So how can, okay, okay, the life lessons that I've learned and I'm now integrating within my life in every facet of my life is go after what you want. Don't let anyone stop you from going after it. If you really feel passionately about it, if you really care about it, if it lights you up, fucking go for it. And even if you have to compete, maybe other people are doing it. Maybe other people are pursuing this. Don't, everyone has their own lane. Everyone has their own approach. Everyone has a unique gift. Utilize that and the right people are going to be attracted to you no matter what. So if you feel drawn to someone, fucking go after them. Tell them how you feel. Let them know that you care about them. Let them know that they light you up, that there's something special about them. Let them know, even if other people are going at it, like just be like, all right, I don't have any expectations from you, but just so you know, this is how I feel. And they can choose. Again, it's vulnerability that really kind of like, like the fear of vulnerability that prevents us from allowing ourselves to be expressed in the genuine open-hearted way that is truly meant for heart connection. It's the only way we can truly find someone and for someone to feel us on that level is to be able to be able to take off the mask and to be able to reveal what we truly want. And from there, the next lesson is like, allowing people to like, for me to say, I really like you. This is like, I'm into you. I like, I love spending time with you. I love these qualities about you. And like, to not like be too cool to tell someone how you really feel. Like, that's just what I've done for years. And I, unless you're coming after me hot and heavy, like, I'm probably not going to (laughs) try. Like, that sounds so terrible, but it's really true. And it's how I've lived most of my life. So I, but then I recognize I also like guys that are like sweet and are a little bit more shy. And I, cause I'm actually kind of shy. And so like for me to be the person, which just feels really foreign to me and uncomfortable, but for me to be the one like, Hey, I really like you. One of my girlfriends is so good about this. And she like inspires me because she's so willing to just show up and to be like, here, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. Like, what do you think? Or like, how do you like, do you like me too? Like, I like you, you like me? Like, Hey, we should hang out sometime. Like, to be like, to really put it on the table. And that's just not how I would roll normally. And so I'm working on that. 
third. And, and these are life lessons I've learned from these heartbreaks. And like the la- next one is like to open my heart to like, even if there's a fear that I have that I could be hurt from them, that they could maybe not reciprocate the love that I give them, that that shouldn't change how I show up to like open my heart, to be able to be there, to be willing to care about someone, to be able to pour into someone without any expectation of anything in return. And also recognizing that if they don't, if, if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be but at least then I have no regrets and that's like what I'm trying to work on right now it's like no regrets like however I want to feel like it is how I feel that's my truth and I'll share it with them and whatever happens from it happens from it right and then the last thing is like to allow someone to see the real you and to trust them and what they want and who they are and to see them for who they really are like not to ignore the red flags, not to ignore the things that, and the things that gel well with you and don't gel with you. Do you have the same values? Do you have the same goals? Do you have the same vision for what you want within your life? And even if you're on different timelines, can you still work together to be able to achieve those and to trust someone to be on that journey with you, even if it's not forever? right? If it's just for a season or if it's just for a specific reason, can you allow yourself to be supported by someone else, to allow yourself to be protected by someone else? Can you allow yourself to receive from someone else? And I think that that's, I'm very hyper-independent, which I guess is healing. I'm trying to heal my masculine right now. Um, And I don't like to rely on other people. I don't like to ask for help. I don't like to feel like I can't do it on my own. And, um, that's ultimately what I feel like I'm now at at the places is like, I can't grow, especially when it comes to the terms of my heart by myself. Like I have to be able to engage with someone in order to like really activate my heart and to be able to like love someone and care about someone. And I can only do that if I show up in all of these other ways in a very genuine format and also to find someone that isn't, that is my match, but is my match for now. And that to know that it doesn't have to be forever in order for it to be right. And that also, like, I like to control. I like to kind of, like, decide how it's all going to pan out. But ultimately, I have no control over what's going to occur in my life. But all I can do is I can trust my heart. I can listen to my intuition. I can trust my gut. I can trust my instincts. I can move forward and to speak from that place. And hopefully then for the other person to be able to hear me and, but to hear me from this genuine sense, to know that my intentions are pure and that I'm just trying to show up as authentically and truly as I can. And that is all I can do. So this, but this has been through an unraveling of me then seeing all of these like pains and these triggers and these traumas, you know, small T, big T that built up over a lifetime and to be able to pull all of them off of the wall, to be able to look at them, to be able to break them down, to be able to see them for what they are. And then to be able to reformat them in a way so that I'm able to show up more, um, genuinely and, um, and more compassionately and more, willing to be able to be exposed, to be hurt, to be able to be seen, right? Like we're all, I think ultimately all of our uh, goals is to be able to be seen and to see others in this true way. And it's really hard to do if you're not willing to allow yourself to be exposed and vulnerable. But ultimately, that is the only way for connection. And I can do this so easily within work, within friendships, and a lot of other formats. Like, I have no qualms with it. It literally goes without a hitch. Like, that's how I just, that's how I operate. That's how I roll. And within love, though, I've recognized that that's where I've been so hurt. That's where I feel like I've, it's backfired on me, if you will. And so I've iced over my heart a little bit. And I'm trying to thaw it out we're defrosting at the moment. (laughs) And, um, as I defrost it, I want to encourage others to do the same because ultimately no, I don't think we're meant to be on this earth alone. Like, and even if that's within friendships, if it's within, um, relationships, partnerships, romantically, platonically, whatever it is, recognize your own thoughts and agreements and patterns that have been a theme throughout your life and really take an honest look at them and be able to parse through them. If that's with a counselor, with a therapist, with a coach, whatever you want to do that with, or on solo on your own and be able to like really learn what is preventing you from a deeper connection from 
from really letting yourself be known and being felt and being loved. And I don't think we'll ever regret those type, that type of work because ultimately, even if we do get hurt, at least we loved, you know, I just watched Romeo and Juliet recently, um, a few nights ago. And, uh, it was like, um, what did he say? And I just lost my train of thought, but it was like to not be loved. Like for you, I'd rather to love you and die than to never be love, experience love at all. And, um, isn't that so the truth though? Like, isn't life really just to be a lesson to be learned? Like you only live once and then you die. <laughs> I just saw that. It's not funny, but like you really do only live once and then you, the, then this experience is over. So how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be able to show up? How do you want for other people to feel when they're around you? How can you make it about like, and you know, I don't like to live with regret. So like, how do you remove the regret? Say how you really feel, show up the way you really want to put yourself out there, take risks, show up, be love embodied in human form and let that emanate into the world around you because this world needs more of it right? It's so easy to be separate. It's so easy to be, um, to push people away. What if we were all pulling them in? What if we all created, um, a network and a community around us from genuine and true heartfelt conversations and, you know, interactions, I think it would make the world a lot better of a place to be for everyone. So I hope that you take this and you learn from the lessons I have. If you've never had your heart broken, God bless you. You will at some point. We all do. And if you're scared to get your heart broken, know that I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't. And I love every single person that's broken my heart or that I've broken their heart. And I've probably broken, said the truth, broken a few hearts in my life. And, uh, and I don't regret it, but I can definitely learn from it. And I, I promise that I'll never, I never took it lightly. And I am sorry if I did. And I hope that you know that. And um, I tried my best and I think that we all are. So know that every person that's done something that hurt you, they probably didn't really mean to. And if they did, you know, karma's a bitch. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. But, um, <laughs> but seriously, um, just recognize that what, how you can make other people feel and just be intentional about how that is and how you can hopefully, um, how you can make the world a better place. Use your powers for good, not evil. That's always what I like to end with. Use your powers for good, not evil. If that's your looks, if that's your love, if that's your art, if it's your gifts that have been blessed upon you by the heavens above, use it for the good, use it for expansion, use it for love and light, because that is something we all deserve and what we all need. Okay. All right. That's all I got for you. Deuces. I love you. I hope you have a great day. Um, if you want to check me out on Instagram at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. And you can, or you can check out my website at um, coachingwithfera.com. I'd love to connect with you. Love to chat with you. would love to hear your thoughts and would love to hear a lesson you've learned from heartbreak.